today is Mother's Day. So welcome. It's so awesome to have you all here on Mother's Day, um, just to ce- celebrate an amazing woman. Um, I just want to quickly welcome, um, we have Pastor Michael and Gillian Brown from Westside Church in Christchurch with us this morning. These guys are amazing. They have um, spoken into Mind and Raised Lives many, many times. So if you get the chance afterwards to say a quick hello, do that because they are just they're just amazing people. And we've been so blessed to have them speak into our lives. So they've got um, great friends in their church up in Christchurch as well who are just doing amazing things. So it's awesome to have them with us here today. So today we're going to celebrate women, daughters, mothers, sisters, grandmothers, and friends. And I've been thinking a wee bit about this, oh God, the Mother's Day message. I'm not like the very, like, my, my kids got ripped off. Like, I'm not like the most motherly of mothers. Um, I love my kids, kids to bits, they're amazing. But, um, but, yeah, at times I feel they got ripped off. Um, I don't bake, I don't sew, I don't do crafty things. I don't like mess being created. Like, we're a bit cranky. But, um, and it's been a bit of a, bit of a journey learning how to be a mother. And um, so it's like, God, I don't know if I can actually speak about mothers on Mother's Day. So I'm not. <laughs> um, so the message I have today is beloved, your permanent and unshakable identity. Awesome. And um, God's been speaking to me about this. Identity is one of those things that that along my journey is that's always been a theme, learning who I am in God and who he's created me to be. And it's a reoccurring theme because sometimes I'm like, oh, actually, no, I think that person looks quite cool. I might just go to what you do. Oh, that didn't work out for me. Oh, I might try this. Like, that person's cool. I should do that. And it just doesn't work out because it's not who I am. And so it's a bit of a journey, an ongoing journey of just learning who I am in God and walking that out. So God's been speaking to me about being his beloved and what it means to be his beloved. Now, our identity isn't found in the roles that we find ourselves playing. You know, we aren't def- defined by being a mother, a sister, a daughter, a friend, or for the guys, fathers, sons, and brothers. That's not our whole identity. That's a part of who we are. But that doesn't define who we are. Our identity is who we are as God's children. Our ultimate identity is his beloved now, the dictionary defines beloved as someone who is dearly loved or much loved. Other words to describe that would be darling, dearest, precious, adored, favorite, cherished, treasured. Now, you are God's dear, dear, uh, dearest. You're God's adored one. You're precious to him. He cherishes you. You're God's favorite. When we walk in that understanding of who we are as his beloved, it changes the way that we live. Because we are not trying to be someone that we're not. We're not trying to please other people. We're walking in who it is that he has created us to be, which is the most natural path for us to walk. But sometimes we seem to find that the most difficult. So I've got three points about being God's beloved. When you're God's beloved, you are found. When you're God's beloved, you are known. And when you're God's beloved, you're loved. So be found. Ephesians 1.11 says, It's in Christ we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs on us for glorious living. I love that. It's in Christ we find out who we are and what we are living for. 
for me, this is the most life-altering verse. You know, it just literally changed my life because I was searching everywhere. Who am I? What am I supposed to do? I felt that there was something different about me, and it's just because I'm a wee bit weird. But, um, but I knew God had, like, God had created me for a reason. I didn't know what that was. You know, media and society will tell us how we should act, what we should look like, and who we should be, determining that one minute you're in, and the next minute you're out. Project Runway, anyone? I'm the only one that watches trash TV? Awesome. Okay. Um, but at the end of the day, it's only in Jesus that we find our true identity. Okay. When I was at high school, knowing who I was and being comfortable in my own skin was a constant struggle. I wanted to fit in, but I just wasn't sure I fit. I tried to be all things to all people, and it wasn't pretty. You know, I would change my opinions, my likes, my dislikes, my words, my actions, depending on who I was hanging out with at the time. Um, around the Christian kids, I was holier than thou. Oh, perfect little angel. My parents will tell you a different story. Um, and then around the other kids, the non-Christian kids, I was un- as unsaved as the rest of them. I mean, I even had two 21st parties, one for my drunken uni friends and one for my family and my Christian friends because no way the two worlds could meet. I think Ray was the only one who actually got to see both sides. Um, it, was just, it was just would have been bad. And I just didn't know how to make the two worlds meet as well. It got to a point where I, I developed the beginnings of a pretty serious eating issue as I tried to make myself look how I perceived I should be um, in order to fit in. You know, I believed a lie that in order to be loved, I needed to look a certain way, I needed to speak a certain way, I needed to act a certain way to be acceptable. But the truth was, and it took a long time of healing and of God just peeling back the layers and the barriers that I'd built up to show me this, the truth was I didn't need to be anything other than myself. I just had to learn who that was. You know, trying to be all things to all people all the time didn't make me happy. In fact, it made me downright miserable. It left me with a whole heap of anxiety, a whole heap of fear, and a whole heap of self-doubt. And I look back on that time, and I wish that I had done things differently. Because I know that I was cheating myself, and I was cheating, my, I was cheating my, um, those that were in my world at that time. Romans 9.25 says, I call nobodies and make them somebodies. I call the unloved and make them beloved. In the place where they yelled out, you're nobody, they're calling you God's living children. I'll call nobodies and make them somebodies. I will search them out, the hurting and broken, the lost, the unloved, the forgotten, the misfits, the lonely, and I will make them somebody. Children of God, sons and daughters of the King, I will make them worthy, righteous, loved. They will be whole, healed, delivered. You're not a nobody. You're a somebody. You are found in Jesus. If you don't know, you know, you often hear of young people, I'm going off to find myself. See you later. You don't need to go off to find yourself. Getting, sure, getting out of your own comfort zone and, and circumstances is a great thing to do, don't get me wrong. But sometimes we idolise the whole like wanderlust thing. You know, the whole, I've got to go off by myself. 
we're idolize that. You look at it on Instagram and Facebook and, and, and social media. I need to go off and, and do these things. And if I'm not doing these things, I'm not doing my life right. You're not going to find yourself in those things. You're going to find yourself in Jesus. Be known. Psalm 139.13 Oh yes, you shaped me for us inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all appeared before I'd even loved one day. Before your parents even got together, God knew you. He designed you. He had plans for you. He loved you. You didn't even exist, yet you were known and you were loved. Not an accident, not a mistake, but planned, practiced, and loved. You are fully known and fully loved. I remember years ago being at a women's conference, and there was this amazing pocket rocket of a speaker. Um, her name was Vicky Durazio now then, but she's now known as Vicky Simpson. And um, she was from um, House of Bill Pringles Church in Australia. And she was preaching about Psalm 139. And she asked God, she read this, and she's like, God, who was I? What was I like? If, I was, if you knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb, what was I like? What was I like before the hurt, the stuff of life happened, before wrong thinking got in the way, before bad experiences happened? What was I like? You know, and that stuck with me. Who was I? When God created me, when he first had designs on me, he thought about me, he planned me, what was I like? I remember asking God this. And he showed me the place where he created me. He showed me the hopes and the plans that he had for me. And his love and the identity that he had for me. Before I allowed things to get in my way. At that point, Charlie was seven weeks old. First, first child. Beloved child. And I, we didn't know it then, but I was in the midst of postnatal depression. I was a bit of a wreck. And I lost the plot completely. Actually, I didn't lose the plot completely until after we had Asha. So I managed to hold it together for <laughs> three to a bit of years. And then completely lost who I was. I was like, I couldn't make a decision. I didn't know, you could ask me, do you want this or this? Do you want hot chocolate or coffee? I, I didn't know. I'd go to the supermarket and I'd stand at the aisles and I'd look. And I didn't know what I wanted to buy. And I had a shopping list in the budget. And I'd go to the supermarket. It would take me a good couple of hours. And then I would come home with most stuff on the list. No money left. Spent the budget. Ray would go. He'd go buy everything on the list. Come home with change and buy extra treats. So I, but I was just like, I can't do it. It was just too overwhelming. 
And I just, at this conference, I was, I was just like, God, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I like. I, I felt numb. I didn't know what I wanted. I wasn't sure, like, am I actually going to have to keep this child alive? Like, what am I doing? Did God know what he was doing when he gave us children? We were babies ourselves. Like, what was he thinking? It's like, God, who am I? And I had this, like, almost complete identity crisis of, I don't know who I am. And after, um, after Asher was born, and then we, I got fully diagnosed with postnatal depression and was able to get the help that I needed. I had these amazing women at church were just so encouraging. And one of the things that I did was I made a list. It was a list of things to do, 30 things before I turned 30. Then it became a list of thing, 30 things to do in the year I turned 30. And now it's just a list of 30 things I've got to do before I can make another list. Because um, <laughs> that ship has long sailed. I'm, <laughs> I'm over halfway through it. But I made this list. And I, I, I made a list of things that I used to love to do, that I wanted to do again and was too scared to do. I, made, I added to the list things I'd always wanted to do, but never had never done. And list of things, hey, let's just try this out. So there's things on it like bike the rail trail and um, get skinny and get another piercing and go to a new, like go overseas and just try different things. One of them was to dance with someone who wasn't my husband because I'd been at, at, a, um, at a dance one night at church and a pastor picked me up to dance with him and I completely freaked out because I was like, I don't know what to do because I hadn't danced with anyone in that space and I just felt really uncomfortable. I was like, this is not who I am. And so I went on this journey of creating this list to try and find who I am. And I think about that, and because I used to have this idea and this perception of who I was. And it was mainly from when I was like 16 and hip and cool, you know, like when I was skinny and used to climb and kayak and do, have like no fear. And now I'm like older and rounder and like scared of everything. Like, Standing on my skateboard is like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. So it was a bit of trying to rediscover myself and rediscover who God had created me to be. You know, it's like, God, you knew me before you created me. Who am I? And so I had to go and learn, learn that myself with him. Now, in Jesus, we are fully known. We are fully created. We are planned. We are designed. He knows our faults, our flaws, our failings, and we are loved anyway. In fact, we are more conscious of those things than he is. Because when he looks at us, he doesn't see those things. He sees the child that he lovingly created. Um, In Genesis 13, it talks about the story of Abram, Sarah, and Hagar. Now, Abram... Abraham and his wife, Sarah, were promised that they would have children. God said to them, you are descendants who outnumber the stars in the sky. And they are getting pretty on in years and like, oh, how are we going to make this happen? Like, God, I'm 90. Things just don't quite work the same. It's a bit awkward. So they decided to take things into their own hands. And Sarah had a, um, had a maid servant named Hagar. And so they decided that she would be Abraham's children. And this is how, surely this is how God's going to... Um, this is how he's going to fulfill the promise, is by Abram having a child with Hagar. Makes perfect sense when you think about it. But really, it's a disaster. Just on a side note, when God promises you something, if you try to take matters into your own hands and don't wait for, how, for God to bring it about, it's going to go badly. You know, it's, 
what he has for you is far better than what we can come up with ourselves. Okay? So, so Hagar has this child, and then Sarai becomes very mean. She gets a bit grumpy because obviously now this person has had what was promised for her. This person has taken the promise that was supposed to be hers and has had a child. And if it was me, I'd be, I'd be pretty gutted. I'd be pretty mad, and I'd, I'd probably be pretty feral to live with, to be honest. Um, so Sarah was pretty mean to Hagar. So Hagar ran away, and she ran off to the desert, and she just hid. She was just like, she took her son, and that's it. She's like, I'm out of here. And the angel of the Lord comes to her and says, what are you doing? And she's like, um, she's a bully. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. He's like, no, no. No, no, it's okay. Go back. I'm with you. And in Genesis 13, 16, I've just paraphrased that. Just, just making that clear. Um, verse 13, she says, She gave his name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me. I love that. You are the God who sees me. When God looks at us, he doesn't see the mess. He looks past it and sees us. He sees who he created, who he has good things in store for, who he has promised great things. God sees our future, not where we're at. He doesn't see our circumstances. He sees us. As God's beloved, you're fully known and and you're fully found in him. Be loved. The entire Bible is a love story of God loving us unconditionally and pursuing us relentlessly. Even when we as his people may have momentously gosh I can't even speak monumentally stuffed up he has pursued us with unrelenting love and he still pursues us in fact Jesus gave his life in the ultimate act of love so that we may have everlasting life in relationship with the Father John 3.16 for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son for God so loved the world for God so loved you no, you are so loved by God. Song of Songs paints this beautiful picture of a man and his bride. Now it says in Song of Songs 2.16, My beloved is mine and I am his. My beloved is mine and I am his. You are God's beloved. You are God's cherished one. You are precious in his sight. You are his son and his daughter. He adores you. My beloved is mine and I am his. You are his beloved, but he is yours also. Song of Songs 2.10 says, My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. I love that. My beloved spoke to me and said, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Now he, there's the picture that he has for you. You're his darling, his beautiful one. And he wants to walk with you. Now, the Israelites literally followed God through the desert. He was present with them the whole time. And in the moment God went and met with, Jesus, with Moses on the mountain, they decided that it was far too long, like a day, and they should create their own God out of metal. Now, even when still when faced with betrayal and human stupidity, God still chose them. Time and time and time again. 
You know, a large part of the Old Testament is the Israelites stuffing up, running away from God, going, we don't need you, running away, and then going, God, help us, help us. And then going, God going, come back, my children. I love you. And welcoming them back. Yes, there was you know, consequences at times, but ultimately, the whole thing is God going, yes, I know you've stuffed up. Come back, come back, come back. He still delivered them. He still loved them. Now, how amazing is that? That's a picture for us. We can stuff up. We can run away. Go, God, I don't need you. And then go, Oh, God, I stuffed up. Help me. And He'll still go. He'll still pick us up. And go, Come back, child. I love you, child. And He'll bring you back every time. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He'll welcome you home with open arms. My prayer today is that you may be found in him. That you may be known and identified in him. And that you may know what it is to be loved by him. To be his beloved. Because the way he sees you is so precious. He only has good things for you. He only has good thoughts towards you because he loves you. And all he wants is for you to walk with him day by day as the child that he created you to be. Father, I just want to thank you for these amazing sons and daughters here today. These amazing children that you have created so lovingly. Father, I thank you that each and every one of us, you have a plan for us that you thought about us, you created us, you purposed us. I thank you, Lord, that in you we are fully known and fully loved, that there is nowhere we can go to hide from you. Your love is so great. But I pray that that love will be a reality for each of us today, that we may see our identity as you see us, as your beloved and that we may walk in that revelation today. Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.